Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and we are so delighted to be with you once again on this Thursday. We are excited about the word, uh, about what God is, has been showing us. It's been, uh, we've been through a, 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 a tremendous journey, uh, something we, about, I would say about over, about 42 days ago we began. We're now up to our, I believe, 39th podcast already. And speaking, we've been on a tremendous Bible journey, and we've been learning and and trying to uh, to understand the scriptures of how it's speaking to us concerning the days that we are living. So I pray that you have been blessed. We thank you for tuning in with us today. We thank you for taking of your time and, and studying and fellowshipping with us in the Word of God. And once again, as we always tell you, uh, have your Bible ready. And let us study the word together. Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, it's always a pleasure to be with you too and be able to study the word of God. Without further ado, let's get into our study for today. Brother Marty, we'll leave it with you. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be back again today, and we're looking forward to today's study. Uh, we began, uh, gosh, last week, I think it was, um, mm. talking about that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, which is what the Apostle Paul was revealing to us. And that led us on an incredible journey, which uh, brought us to yesterday's uh, uh, concluding portion of the uh, the mystery of the Ten Horns. And uh, we're going to pick it up again tomorrow, Lord willing and Lord permitting, uh, as we begin to go beyond that now and, and explore the rise of the son of perdition that's ahead of us in the not-too-distant future. But before that happens, I really felt by the Spirit of the Lord that we need to return back to where Paul and, and these studies first began and begin to explore uh, the more personal aspect of what it means uh, to be engaged in, in this battle we've been uh, having revealed to us in the Scripture. It's an ongoing battle. It's a persistent uh, opposition that comes against the child of God. And, you know, some of these scriptures are some of the most familiar scriptures in the church, right? When they're always talking about the whole armor of God. But we felt like we needed to take a fresh look at this. And and based on all the things that we have been uh, discussing in the word of God, view it from that perspective now, because it takes on a whole new meaning. You know, as we've been talking about very, very, uh, you know, profound uh, things as it pertains to to the spirit world and what has actually been taking place, uh, you know, over the last 6,000 years of human history as we know it to this point, uh, and, and, and understanding uh, the kind of battle that, that rages all around us. Whether you're aware of it or not is a whole completely different thing, but what we're addressing here is, is, the, is the children of God, right? And, and our walk before God and and understanding uh, with proper understanding uh, what it is that we are not only called to do, but what it is that in fulfilling that call, because every one of us has a call on our life, uh, in fulfilling that call of God, uh, what to expect as we go forward and attempt to to be obedient to the commandment of God to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all the nations. Jesus told us that that all power had been given unto him in heaven and earth, and he commanded his apostles 
at that point to now take that authority that he had given them and commanded them to go to the nations of the world and begin to proclaim that victory and that authority and establish it in the earth by the preaching of the gospel. So the gospel is so far more profound, I think, than, than we have, have at least in the last 10, 20, 30 years uh, been exposed to in the compromised Western church. But that is not right. uh, the reality of what the gospel is, right? I mean, when you really look into it as we are today, and we realize what it is that's being told to us, uh, that is why we come back to Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> because in the writing of, of, the, of, the, of the book to the Ephesians, or the, the church at Ephesus, Paul lays out, and we encourage you guys to go back and, and read this, these six chapters, because he actually begins from the position of of the unseen world he takes us all the way back into before time into the dateless ancient eternal past when he makes statements like we were chosen in christ before the foundation of the universe before uh the formation of the earth he says we were chosen in christ that we should be holy and without blame before him uh in love and then he also goes on to say and that we have been predestinated unto the adoption of children by Christ Jesus according to the good pleasure of the will of the Father. And so he presents in the book of Ephesians such a huge, big picture that he's trying to convey to us, the church. And so the first five chapters, he begins to unfold this great struggle that we find ourselves in between light and darkness. And so when we when we get to actually the end of, of the book of Ephesians and we come to Ephesians chapter six, Paul makes the statement in verse 10, he says, okay, the conclusion of the matter, brethren, is to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then he says this in verse 11, chapter six, verse 11, he says, put on <clears throat> the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So in in the conclusion of the matter and in being strong in the Lord in the power of his might, and, and go back a couple of podcasts and we covered what that statement literally means. The power of his might that he's referring to is the revelation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the strength of the Lord is the authority of the Lord that was won on Calvary and declared to be an established fact by the resurrection. And so it's a command. It's a command to understand that something has been won and something now needs to be uh, affected in the realm that we find ourselves in, the planet Earth. And so he, he then commands us, the very first thing he tells us in verse 11, the very first thing he says is, is that you need to put on the whole armor of God. It's such an interesting way to to begin to express to us, the church, what's necessary, right? The first thing that he says is to put on. He's talking about the need to have strength, and not only strength, but resurrection power and authority in the Lord. And then he right away goes toward <clears throat> uh, battle armor, <laughs> which is you right. know, pretty intense, right? right? Mm-hmm. And the word that he used there for... Uh, is to put on literally means to be to be arrayed in 
to be arrayed in. So in other words, to, to be completely covered in it. Kind of like when you put on a shirt or for the ladies when you put on a dress, you know, he, it, it has that same feeling of, of putting something on and becoming very familiar and comfortable with it. And, and so the first thing he begins to reveal is that what is going to be necessary in this ongoing battle from the beginning of the church to the second coming of the Lord is that we become familiar with what he calls the armor of God. Now, these are very, very interesting words because a lot of times the way I've heard these messages preached over the years is that we kind of like put on our armor, right? The shield, the, the helmet, we got the sword, all that stuff. And then the way many people minister it is that, okay, now you stand there and you just, you know, you're getting bombarded from all sides <laughs> and, you know, having done all the stand, stand, right? So you're like, hey, right, right. Clothes, right? but that's not what he's talking about there. You know, uh, it, it's not meant to be a, a purely defensive covering, you know, which is kind of how we are in our Christian walk, unfortunately. Most people don't know the level of which we're trying to express here, which the Apostle Paul is, what we're trying to comment on, what Paul is trying to express to us, is he first says, the first thing you need to do is understand that you're going to have to be arrayed or covered with the whole armor. And the fact that he uses the word the whole armor indicates that it's possible to go into a battle and have some missing pieces, right? Or otherwise, he wouldn't have, have emphasized that we need to use the whole and complete armor. So that means that in our spiritual walk, that we need to be very diligent and, and understand, first of all, that we need the armor. Second of all, that the armor comes in multiple pieces. And, and third of all, that we need every single one of them. And, and the word for armor also means uh, to have tools for an offensive warfare which is contrary to what we were just talking about because what he's implying is that the armor is meant to be worn by an army that is advancing forward wow that's really good man (laughs) (laughs) i felt that man because because it's contrary to what what we're usually doing you know, most Christians, if you listen to them in the mega churches or even in the small churches or the in-between churches, they're basically talking about, woe is me, and, you know, I, I'm just so beat up, and I'm just trusting Jesus to get me through. And, and then so the pastors craft all these messages uh, to make them feel better and to tell them how Jesus came so that, you know, their 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 soup wouldn't get cold, I guess. I don't know. You know, you come up with all kinds of different uh, <laughs> things, but... But that's the complete opposite of what Paul is implying to us here. He says you need yeah. to be arrayed in this particular kind of armor, and you need to be completely arrayed in the fullness of the armor. So in other mm-hmm. words, spiritually speaking, what he's saying is that this is a multi-pieced uniform, and you're going to have to put it all on. Now, and 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 it's not only an armor like you're digging a hole and you're under the ground and you're and you're putting this bunker over your head so that if somebody drops a bomb you have enough between you and the bomb to keep you safe that's not the attitude he's trying to convey here 
because before he mentions the armor, he, he mentions the strength of the Lord, which is his authority to rule over everything in heaven and earth. And he references the power of the resurrection. That is a forceful power of life out of death. And then he says, now go forward in that strength, go forward in the presence of the Lord uh, displayed at the resurrection and be arrayed in the complete full battle gear for an offensive advancing army. And, 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 and so what he's basically telling us, whether it's in your own personal life or whether it's in the fellowship of a community of believers or in the body of Christ as whole spread throughout the planet, that we are meant to be an aggressive and and uh, resurrected, empowered army of light going forward into a planet that for millennia has been taken over by the forces of darkness. And he's saying that you need to understand this is not an option here. Because a lot of times right. Christians think that, you know, it's the pastor, it's the evangelist, it's you know, it's this person or that person that, that does the war, right? That goes out and fights the devil. But that's quite the contrary of what the scripture reveals, that every believer, every person has the responsibility to first come into the knowledge of his will. That is what it is that God has done through Christ Jesus. And then secondly, once understanding that, to understand that we now bear the responsibility of the ministry of reconciliation. That is, we are the fullness of him that fills everything, and we're to go into every corner of the planet and take back what no longer belongs to the powers of darkness. And in order to do that, we need to be arrayed in the fullness of what God has provided uh, to us through Christ and his resurrection, and that it is an offensive war. That is, it is an aggressive, advancing army that we are now part of, the children of light. So he says, put it on, become familiar with it, be arrayed in it. Why? Because <laughs> so that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, right? The word stand is really interesting uh, because, well, let's take a look at this first of all. We're being advised that, you know, uh, what we are being advised by the Apostle Paul uh, about is that we are meant to be an attacking force. Uh, Brother Jeremy, could you turn over to uh, Ephesians chapter 5 real quick? Yes. Would you read to us the, uh, let me see here, the, the, the uh, let's see, yeah, yeah, verse 6 through 8. 6 through 8. <clears throat> Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So he he's there revealing to us that there's two kinds of of individuals on the planet, right? There's the children of darkness, right. the children of light. And he's talking to us about not that we have the light, but he literally says we are light in the Lord. Yes. And and that we're to advance with that, that we we are that light that we see in Genesis chapter one, verse three, right? Let there be light. 
We are meant to go forward into the darkness of this world and be a light. And that's why he says in verse 17 of the same chapter, what, Brother Jeremy? Can you read verse 17? Yes. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Yes. Brother Fernando, would you comment a little on that, on the will of the Lord? Because, you know, what we're talking about is what is it God's doing, right? That's what he's saying. Can you can you add something to that? Yeah, uh, the will of the Lord, uh, the apostle also in Ephesians calls, calls it the mystery. The mystery of God, the unfolding mystery of God that was once hidden God, but is now revealed yes. unto us through his son, by his spirit, unto, unto the church. And it's made known unto powers and principalities. The will of God is 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 the mystery of God that is being revealed unto us. And we yeah. have gone back and forth uh to to what transpired before the foundation of the world. Uh we, we see a rebellion took place. We see that a lamb, Peter said, was uh, ordained and, and, and sacrificed before the foundation of the world the the will of god for us now is is how do we apply ourselves in this ongoing war right that is yeah. that is playing out in 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 our lives right the will of god is how each individual uh what each individual understands what what is called to do in in this in this ongoing war for for ultimately for jesus who's won the victory and, and will win that complete victory. Um, as, as the Apostle Paul is laying out here, he's trying to take us beyond the veil. And in order to understand the will of the Lord, we have to understand these things that are unseen. And, yes. and it's only then, then, then we can walk in his perfect will and understand the mystery of God and, and walk with understanding. Yes. Right? And not mm-hmm. unwise. And, and that's a little bit. There's more to it, but but that right. was really he's bringing forth in Ephesians. That's right. And 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 brother Jeremy, read verse sixteen, in light of what brother Fernando was just saying. Redeeming the the time, because the days are evil. Yeah. So and then and and because of this, he says, don't be unwise, but understand. Right. Don't be. Don't be stupid. That's literally what it means. <laughs> it means yeah. don't be stupid, man. He says, understand what the will of the Lord is. And 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 so he says, redeem the time. That that word redeem, the time, it, it literally means to make sacred use of the of the epoch or the age. And so he's lit- he's literally saying that with the power that has been given to us by the resurrection of Christ now dwelling in us by the Holy Spirit, that we are to take time and space, the ticking of the clock, if you will, and make sacred use of this age that we find ourselves in. The, the redeem, redeem the time because, because the age or the days are corrupted and evil by the action of what the devil did so many, many, many ancient days ago. And so he says, don't be ignorant of this, verse 17. Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what is happening. Understand what is being worked out. See, 
camping right here for a second, this is one of the <clears throat> one of the things that that rarely crosses the modern believer's mind anymore. They've been so conditioned. We we all have been exposed to this kind of thing, where where they attempt to condition us to the temporary, to the here, to the now, exactly. to, to the immediate thing in front of me and how it affects me. Everything becomes self-centered rather than God-centered. And so we mm. live a Christian walk that is mm. dedicated exclusively toward making my life, uh, you know, a, a better thing. And so in so doing, we're being pushed so far away from what really will make our lives a better thing, and that is understanding the will of God, what is actually taking place. It's very hard. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's true. It's, it's, we're not taught uh, much in, in the modern church concerning the unseen world. That which Paul calls, uh, I think in Colossians, the invisible world, right? That which is visible and yeah. invisible. And that's exactly yeah. what Paul is, is trying to open our eyes to, that there yeah. is an unseen world, that there is a warfare going on. The, the more we understand what took place in the unseen world as it pertains to the natural world, the more precise we will be in, in knowing the will of God. But yeah. if we just walk walk this this walk, just understanding the temporal things and the things we see, like you said, it's this that's what the gospel is today, by and large, in the modern day church. Is everything has to has to do around us, me and me and me yeah. and me, uh, material things, right? But yeah. but rarely are they taught concerning that which cannot be seen, right? And yeah. therefore, a lot of people do not understand and have no understanding concerning the will of the Lord. And that which, uh, you know, is being, like you said, is being worked out. Yeah. Right? So they don't know how yes. to apply themselves yes. in that, uh, uh, that will of God that is being worked out uh, uh, today and going into the future, right? So I just wanted right. to bring that forth. Hey, brother, no, that's, really, brother. that's a really good point. And, and wait a minute, Brother Jeremy, can you read to us uh, in yes. line of what Brother Fernando was saying in, in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 9? Yes. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Verse 10. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So proving what is acceptable to the Lord. So he's he's ca talking along the lines of what you guys are talking about, what Brother Fernando was just talking about. It, it, the fruit of the Spirit is is the Holy Spirit was given to us in order to produce something you know that the, the holy spirit is the active uh power and and third member of the godhead that brings everything to pass that's why we yeah. see in, in genesis right the spirit of god hovering over the face of the water i mean he is the is the is the i don't even know how to how do you describe the holy spirit i mean but he is the he is the the third uh, active member of the Godhead that, that materializes everything, that, that brings it into being. You know, it's the will of the Father, it's the construction or the, the building of the Son, and it's the materialization of the Holy Spirit. He brings it to pass. He bears the fruit of the Godhead, so to speak, within us. 
And what Paul is saying there in verse 9, what Brother Jeremy just read, is that we're supposed to be producing the exact opposite of what has been established in the planet through darkness, misery, and destruction. He says the fruit of the Spirit is goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then what Brother Jeremy read there was proving what is acceptable to the Lord, right? And then verse 11, he says what, Brother Jeremy? He says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Reprove them, correct them. Our lives individually, because some people think, yeah, it's hard enough for me to just pay the light bill and put food on my table. Well, how am I supposed to get involved in all this (laughs) church stuff, right? But see, that's that's a misappropriation of thought. It's an incorrect thought. It's an unwise thought. Because God has strategically placed every single one of us exactly where we're meant to be in order to be that light and to be that sphere, of, if you will, of heavenly authority and influence that exposes the difference between the eternal light and will of God and the fallen creation. So he says, don't have any fellowship with those unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them. Mm-hmm. We're meant to bring correction to the world. You know, and, and, and one of the reasons that people, like, if you're like, if you can like hang out with your oil rig buddies while they're drinking beer and cussing up a storm and they feel comfortable around you doing that, then, mm. then I think I think that maybe you're not letting your light shine, right? I mean, maybe, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, I remember, bro, I'll give you a little example. Uh, when I was 15 years old, um, there was already a group of, of Pentecostal kids there in Texas where I lived in Eagle Pass, Texas. Uh, a really blessed brother, Rolando Salas, he used to come to my house, and he was a born-again on-fire Christian. He was like 17 or 18. I was 15. And him and another girl by the name of Irene, uh, they were good friends and brothers and sisters of the Lord. They had targeted me because I was such a wild child, man. I mean, I was insane. And and they, they took it upon themselves to want to target me and to go after me and try to win me for Christ, right? So I remember that Rolando was relentless, man. He would come over and try to witness to me. And, and I was such a, a nut. You know, I was a hippie, a drunk, a, a pothead. I mean, I was a crazy guy. Uh, I had a sense of respect for the Lord, though, because I knew God was real. I just didn't want nothing to do with that, right? But Rolando would come over, and and for the weirdest reason, which I now know, right, is the light that was in him and on him. Uh, I'll never forget the day we were we were there, we we're getting high at my house, right? And we saw his little, we saw his truck pull up, and as soon, <laughs> as, soon as I his truck pulls up. I know who he is, right? This is a guy who carries the Bible and comes and just talks to me and prays in tongues over me and stuff. I mean, this guy was, he was an on fire for a God teenager, right? But when, as soon as he pulled up, it's the weirdest thing. We were hardcore sinners, but when we saw his truck pull up, we didn't feel comfortable with that, with that, you know, bong sitting on the table and that big pile of weed, man. Everybody starts scattering like it was the police, right? I mean, it was like, <laughs> it was like we were going to be invaded by the DEA or something, right? We were hiding the weed. We were like trying to spray the stuff in the living room. For what? A 17-year-old, on fire, born-again, spirit-filled young man. It was the light that was in him that 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 
that caused the darkness that we were involved in to just repel and want to just kind of sit there and, 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 and not be able to, uh, you know, engage in our sinful practices in front of him. So that is kind of the idea of what Paul is saying. Understand that the Christian, no matter where he is, whether he's in the grocery store or he works at the mechanic shop or he's a businessman in the insurance, it doesn't matter. He's saying where you are, the very light that dwells in you producing righteousness and truth is your job. And you have nothing in common in verse 11, what Brother Jeremy just read, but you can't fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. You're supposed to correct them and expose them by the light that's inside of you. So you were going to say, Brother Jeremy? Yeah, there's a beautiful scripture, and I want to say that one of the things that lacks in the believers today is the knowing. That's why, you know, uh, these podcasts, to some, it may seem like, bro, I've never heard of this. And it really shows, you know, the lack of teaching of these things in the in the in the christian world paul would say in romans chapter 13 in verse 11 and that knowing the time that's what we're talking about we got to know the time knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed salvation there is referring to the coming of the lord of our deliverance from this world yes the night is far spent the day is at hand, and this is what we're talking about. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Yeah. Let us put on the armor of light. Let armor. us walk honestly. The armor, yes, what we're talking about. Let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering, not in wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make not provision for the flesh. So, you know, here the Apostle Paul is telling us, exactly echoing what we're saying today, we must take off the works of, cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light in this hour. Yes. Brother Marty. uh, Yeah, go ahead. Pastor Jeremy, I even look at my own life, um, the the opportunities, even as as a believer, the opportunities I missed out on, um, of, of, of doing the, the the will of the Lord, you know, and, and probably sharing the gospel, preaching the gospel, um, not understanding uh, uh, the the areas of influence God had positioned me in, and, mm. and not yeah. not 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 approaching the opportunity with the sacredness that we spoke about because of my lack of understanding of spiritual things. And yeah. and I think I think we all start there, right? We we don't understand oh, the, the 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 things that God is intending to do. We don't understand the bigger picture, as God sees yeah. it. That that there's 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 things that are taking place that that are beyond us, and that's why the Apostle Paul says, "Look, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, because that's what we're surrounded uh, around uh, with." Yeah. But but we all have felt. Right. And in those areas, those opportunities, because we have not understood like, wow, we're in, engaged in a holy war. Yes. You know, it, 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 we're, we're, we're fighting for the Lord and we miss those assignments many times. We miss those yes. opportunities when we're placed in places of influence to influence other people and be that light. And instead, we're so 
uh, self-centering about ourselves, like you said, worried about our problems and this and that. And, yes, we have problems, but we, we have to begin to open our eyes and understand that, 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 that God uh, positioned us and is placing us in this earth. We are the salt of the earth, he says, right? So, yes. so in, order, in order to be better, uh, to understand the will of, of, of the Lord, we have to understand what the apostle is saying here to the church of Ephesians. And that's why we're bringing forth these teachings to the people, because there is a lack. And we, we've spoken about it, brothers. There is a lack of teaching concerning these things that are, we, we are bringing forth. You know, and when people hear these things, unfortunately, they're like, well, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> right, you know right. what are you talking about this unseen world? What are you talking about uh, spiritual warfare? They don't know, you know, for the most that, part. That's a really, and that's a really good Very serious, very serious, brother. Oh, absolutely. And that's a really good point to bring out to begin with, because it is true that when we get saved, right, um, we begin the process. It's not an end all. It's not a, you know, the culmination of something. It's the beginning of something. And and so we we are meant to progress in the things of God and to understand what we just quoted earlier, right? To understand what the will of the Lord is. This has been the failure, unfortunately, over the last 10, 20, 30 years uh, to, uh, it, within, within the structure, and we're talking to the church now, within the structure of the church and the congregations, the kind of messages, the kind of teachings, the kind of things they see on international and national media, these kinds of messages are completely devoid of what we're talking about. And so they've caused the people rather than being, uh, to focus on rather than being heavenly minded and what the will of the Lord is, they've caused them to be egocentric to be self-centered, yeah, to, to, exactly. they present a Jesus that's going to fix all their problems. You know, come to right. Jesus, he'll forgive you, and then he'll make everything go away. And that just doesn't happen. And so many people, uh, the landscape is littered with many lives that, that ended in frustration saying this whole Jesus thing, there ain't nothing to it, right? Well, they've never really yeah. ever truly heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they just don't know it. But to, to get back to what you're talking about, you know, the opportunities are taking the time, redeeming the time, understanding the the sacred time. That's what Paul says. Use it as a sacred time. Understand that we are in between, uh, you know, beginnings and endings. You know, we're headed somewhere, and the in-between is, is the time. And the believer is meant to now understand that and to come right. into, after his growth in the Lord, a full understanding. I want to just talk a little bit about that before we get into the rest of this, and, and and maybe we might do another program tomorrow. I don't know, but listen, because as we're beginning to discuss it, we begin to see right uh, that that this is far more uh, important and 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 worthy of discussion, so that we can add it to our understanding and grow in the things of the Lord. One of the things that you pointed out was was taking a note of 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 uh, you know when you had opportunity for ministry and something like that, not really fully realizing that you had been strategically placed quite possibly to do something. And yeah. it was only through a lack of, of knowledge, right? That's kind of what you were saying. Well, right. that, that's, that's what Paul wanted us first to understand and what we quoted. Brother Jeremy, are you still in Ephesians? Yes, I am. And you quote again where he says, uh, where are we? Uh, uh, verse uh, eight. Can you quote verse eight again to us? Yes. 
for ye were some for ye were sometimes in darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. All right, so this is the message uh, that we don't hear in churches today. What Paul is trying to tell us, and and the way he's putting it is, he's trying to cause us to redefine, to rethink what we are. And and he yeah. wants us to understand that. He doesn't say you walked in darkness or you were sometimes in darkness. He says you were darkness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, you were a you. You and I were forces of darkness. That's what he's trying to say. He says, but now because of the Lord, y- you need to redefine who you are. You are the offspring of light. You are light in the Lord, and the two are are so strikingly contrasted. One of the reasons that uh, I was talking about what Brother Fernando was saying earlier. One of the reasons that I think that many of us go through what we go through when we don't live this quote-unquote victorious Christian life, and I'm not talking about having a checking account full of money and, and a BMW in the, in, the, in the garage, right? That's not a victorious right. Christian life, you know? No, I'm talking about this victorious life that was afforded us uh, at Calvary and at the resurrection through Christ and, and causing us to be born again. <clears throat> and 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 much of what we go through, it's it's almost as if at that moment, and it is what happens. That's why he tells us to put on the whole armor of God. He says much of what happens once we get saved and, and, and much of why we're not living in the victory of what we have been called to is because the enemy, by the lack of our diligent seeking of the Lord to understand his will, creates scenarios and generates darkness in all the different areas of our life in order to keep us burdened down with our own agenda for my own life right and and there and thereby rendering me null and void if he can keep you focused right on your own little problems and they're not always little i'm not saying that but i'm saying that these events in many cases are designed to to kill you before you start living Right, because wow. if he can, if he can put you on the bench and render you ineffective, even in the smallest little circle of our own communities, then he's he's gone a long way to taking a soldier off the field, and that's why Paul is saying here, you need sure. to redefine who you are. You are light. You were something else. <laughs> you were a right. contributing factor to the darkness of the world. But once you became born again, you have to redefine what exactly happened to you and begin to meditate on who you really are. Now, let's just talk a little bit more about this. Because now, it's one thing to say I'm light. It's another thing to know it, right? It's one thing Mm -hmm. to say I'm an overcomer. It's another thing to be an overcomer. It's one thing to say, I have the victory, right? And it's another thing completely to live in the victory that God has given us. And to understand the difference is to understand the difference between night and day, light and dark, and to understand the difference between living a self-centered Christian life and living a, and the opposite of that is living a proactive, aggressive, fully informed uh, understanding of exactly who you are now 
in Christ, your mission, your purpose, and your ultimate destiny going forward in all the ages that are yet to come. That is process. And there's only one way to really get there. And that is by spending time with God, seeking God, not out of duty or obligation, right? What were you going to say, brother? No, uh, it's funny because what do you hear in churches today? You know, you hear preachers say in order to to live for God, you need to find what your purpose is in the kingdom. And, and, right. and, and yeah. I always boggled my mind because that's not what the Bible says. It's right. his purpose that we need to find out. Yeah. His mm. ongoing purpose, not ours. We right. need to line up with his purpose, right? Uh, we're, you yes. Know, uh, we're, we're saved uh, by grace and by, by his purpose, right? For his purpose. You know, so yeah. it's his purpose that we have to begin to understand. We have to begin to ask those questions. Why? The why yeah. questions, right? Like, who am I now in Christ? Why? Why am I here? And, and, and what the apostle is beginning to tell us in the scriptures is exactly that. Look, you know, you're, you're, you need to begin to, to understand who you are. Redefine the renewing of the mind, right? You said in Romans, you need to renew yeah. your mind and understanding who you are. And once you understand who you are, then you're going to begin to understand why you're here. And, and yeah. that you've been enlisted, right? Enlisted. That's, that's a, a good sad word. thing, which you just That's a sad thing you mentioned, you know, that, that many people die before they get started. You know, they're yeah. rendered useless, null and void, and, and, and they accomplish nothing in the kingdom of God because the devil uh, uh, got a hold of them and lied to them, you know, yeah. and, and made their life all about them. And they never got to the point where they – entered into this revelation, the will of God, yeah. the mystery of God, that they are in something so glorious that it's unfolding, right? Yeah. And that's, that's good. That's, that's powerful. That's really good what you're saying there. And and, and that brings us back again to, to verse 11, you know, what we were talking about to start off with. That's why he's telling us, okay, what he wants us to understand, if we have to put something on, that means we're missing something. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. he, he's he's saying you need to understand not only are you light, not only are you called to make a difference in the world and by your very essence and being and, and with your continued unfolding understanding of the will of God for your own life in connection with the kingdom of heaven. He says now you 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 going to become a a target. You know, every mm -hmm. child that is born again instantly becomes a target. It's almost like it's almost like if we were in this this uh, uh, you know uh, dark tunnel somewhere or in a cave somewhere, and then suddenly somebody uh, flicks on a, a, a light bulb or lights a candle or something. That tiny little light becomes absolutely apparent in the middle of all this darkness. Every right. eye I would be focused on that light that was just kindled because of the darkness. That, in essence, is what happens when we become born again. It's as if wow. a great light is, 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 is illuminated in the darkness and all attention is turned toward, towards it because it is such a contrast to the darkness around it. And it's at that moment that the enemy comes against you, however he can do it, whether it's being a part of some dumb church that doesn't teach anything or you know, whatever, he's going to get us to, to the point where he wants to immediately try and extinguish that light. And so Paul says, you're going to need to be arrayed 
in, in every component piece that has been won for you by Christ Jesus. So put it on. And he says the reason you need to have it on, because he's beginning to, to, to reveal to us, is that you need to, to be able to stand, uh, 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 that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. That's a really interesting thing. He says you have to have this on that you may be able. The word able means to be capable to be strong and to be powerful in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you have capability, you have strength, and you have power if you're clothed with this armor. So many times we hear from from believers that that I just I'm not strong enough or I don't seem to have that spiritual power enough to overcome these things or I just don't feel capable of overcoming or or doing whatever task they might think they need to do. Well, right here we understand why. You're obviously not capable because you're not wearing the armor of God because if you are, Paul says, you'll be able to have that capacity deposited in you by the Spirit, that strength deposited in you by the sheer authority of the resurrection power of your Lord and Savior and the power that comes with it uh, in the name of Jesus. And he says you need to understand so that you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now that word is a very interesting word because it means two things. It means that you move forward, but it also means that the enemy is moving forward toward you. Kind of like two mm. two big bulls in the field, right? <laughs> he's yeah. literally saying, he's saying, you have, listen, you need to understand. And it's really interesting because it carries with it a sense that when you begin to be clothed with the component spiritual armor of, of Jesus Christ, put on Christ, like Brother Jeremy was just quoting out of Romans, it 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 has this sense that it immediately begins to propel you forward. You know, a stagnant Christian is an undressed Christian. Uh, an immobilized yeah. Christian is is an undressed Christian. What happens is, he says, once you begin to have these things placed on your life by the Spirit of God, he says, it it propels you forward. God is always a forward moving god right i mean yeah. just look at the just look at the creation of the universe let there be light right or or you go back to hebrews where it says that that everything had a starting originating point and exploded outward in every different direction the cosmos and even today it continues to expand it's going in every single direction when you put on god's armor it's going to propel you forward in an aggressive stance with capability, strength, and power in the name of Jesus to take back the territory that belongs to our Lord and Master here on the planet Earth. And he says, you need to understand that you have to be wearing this because your enemy's coming after you. And you have two options. You can sit there unclothed and, and, and unwise and not knowing the will of the Lord, or you can be wise, understand the will of the Lord, put on his armor and feel the force of the spirit move you forward against the enemy that all your life you've been standing there letting him beat the heck out of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he's saying right. God, right? God will transform you into a warrior and, and propel you forward with capability, strength, and power in the name of the devil. And, and not only that, but you'll be able to, to do that and and overtake 
all the different strategies and methods. That's what the word wiles means, uh, the methods of the devil. It's an idea of two armies coming against each other. And we've, we've gone at length in, 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 in verse 12 to talk about who it is we're actually fighting. Principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in, in heavenly places. But now Paul begins to get into the, uh, uh, the way that you get dressed. First, he says, become familiar with it in verse 11, right? He says, put it on. But now in verse 13, he says, take unto you the whole armor of God. First, he says, put on the whole armor of God, be arrayed in it, become familiar with it, get comfortable with it, uh, understand that it's a tool for an offensive warfare. And then in verse 13, he begins to get practical. And he begins to say, take to you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand therefore. It's this, it's this language that he uses uh, that he wants to reveal something to us. The taking of the armor is, is, a, is a proactive thing that we do. It's something we have to do. It can be sitting in the corner of the room. <laughs> and if you yeah. never go get it, right, it doesn't mean anything, right? It's like your Bible right. on your desk, right? If you never open it, you know, you're never going to grow in the things of the Lord. I always, I always, I think about it, and it makes me laugh sometimes. One of the, one of the nicest decorative pieces that people have in their house or used to, was the big Bible, the big family Bible on the coffee table, and no one ever yeah. opens it or reads it, right? <laughs> that's kind of like that's what Paul's saying. You know, it's like having this armor, having all this stuff Jesus has done to equip you. And you don't get it. You're completely unwise. And you wonder why you're beaten, being beaten up and knocked here and there and everywhere. And he says, understand, you're in a war. You know, you're in a war. And and uh, and once that little light went on in, in on the inside, that makes me laugh, right? That song, uh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, <laughs> you better cover it with some armor. Or the devil <laughs> to right. put it out, right? <laughs> so, so he says, take the armor. You know, you have to take it. And, and it literally means uh, the, the word, the phrase take unto you literally means not only to take it, but you're taking it for a purpose. You're taking it to use it, yeah. you know, to use it. This is this is really this is really good stuff, man. I mean, if we dig into yeah. here, because Brother Marty. Yes, go ahead. There is a first of all, I want to recommend a book that you blessed me with a couple of years ago called the the Christian in Complete Armor. One mm. of the most tremendous reads that I've intense reads that I've ever had concerning the armor of God. And I just want you to keep that in mind to our listeners. If you want a good read, uh you shared it with me a couple of years ago, Brother Marty, The Christian in Complete yes. Armor, volume one, two and three, written by Puritan Classic. But but there's something concerning what you just said that I mean when you want to talk about a warrior, a soldier, you gotta look into mm. the life of David. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And in in Psalms 144, there's a little verse there. This is what you just mentioned right now. He says, "Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war, and my fingers to fight." Wow. Yes, that's great. <laughs> I so, like so that. I, mean, I just wanted to quote that because as we're going into that, taking the whole armor of God, and then how to use it, right? 
He said, yeah. Blessed be the Lord my strength, in <laughs> Psalms 144, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. I just want to throw brother, that in there. Without getting too far adrift here, uh, I want to point out something that David was saying there. It's a great scripture you just quoted where he says, and my fingers, right? You know, he's referencing worship. You know, David was referencing uh, worship as mm. an aspect of warfare because wow. he, he played the harp, you know? And and so he yes. was revealing to us that the playing of my instrument is actually an act of warfare. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. I mean, oh, my God. goodness. Right. You know, I mean, that's literally what he's saying. You know, it's, it's not just a little ditty here. He he, he, he composes his whole being. Right. My hands, because he literally would hold his sword and fight as the king. But he also wanted us to understand. But I also am at battle when I pluck that harp and sing to my God. Right. I mean, I, we are dispelling darkness and the presence of God is coming. Um, and remember, I'm glad you pointed out King David, because what did David do? Remember when he came and and he wanted to go down in the valley of Elah and fight Goliath. Uh, Saul tried to give him his armor, right? It's good. Yeah, it's good. Right. right. And, and, and good. David said, David said, I I can't wear that armor. You know, that's that's not anything I'm familiar with. You know, that's kind of in essence what's been happening over the last twenty, thirty years, man. Is that Saul has been equipping the church with it with his armor, and, and they're getting slaughtered, yes. right? They're getting slaughtered. And, uh, and 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 they don't look like like uh, Jesus. They look like Saul, and so there's mm. there's, there's nothing right. There's nothing protective about it. And so David David, uh, I love that 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 what you quoted there, and and that's kind of what Paul is saying. Now you go pick up God's armor, not Saul's armor, yes. and and when you go get it, he says, go with the intention of using it. Now let's just focus on that for a minute, because what we're talking about here is an is is an understanding mind, soul, spirit, a will that understands what the purpose of the armor is, and the and the taking of it to ourselves is for the express purpose and the and the inward certainty that we've arrived at in our spiritual progression that we have now said we are going to clothe ourselves not so that we can look like a soldier, but actually be a soldier. Take it yes. to use it. It's process. It's a depth of, of I don't know how to say it, because I don't like to use the word surrender, uh, because that implies a God that's trying to impose himself on us. That's not how it is at all. But for lack of a better descriptive word, it's it's the depth of the surrender of the territory that we yet hold on to in 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 the ongoing progressive death to self, if you will, that the spirit affects within us as we mature and diligently seek him. These are transformative moments and open doors of progressive territory acquisition by the Holy Spirit that begins to transform the very way that we think and the very meditative process of the deepest parts of our life. You guys go back and listen to that because it means a lot. Now listen, <laughs> he's saying here that when you take this armor, understand, you know, it is with the intention to use it. 
you know, it's kind of like they say, don't pick up a gun unless you're going to shoot it, <laughs> right? You know, he's saying, right. Don't you point, don't you point that thing at me unless you're going to use it, right? So, uh, uh, it's kind of that intent. This is a, a, this is a, a, a complete or beginning process of transformation from the inside that occurs as we walk in the spirit. Remember, we're discussing uh, Ephesians chapter six, but really he's been talking for five chapters, right? So what I'm talking to you about, what we're discussing, he's been talking about for the previous five chapters. And so it's it's spoken with that in verse 13, where he says, wherefore, okay, now go for it. He says, take to you this whole armor, but with the intention of using it. It speaks of acquiring. It speaks of process. It's a, and remember that the armor is in pieces. It's not one suit. It must be placed on the believer, and it can only be acquired by the Holy Spirit who instructs us in the finer art of first recognizing what the armor is and how it is that it becomes a, a complete part of our life. But Brother Jeremy read in, in Romans chapter, uh, what was it, 13, Brother Jeremy, uh, yes. where you read, uh, where he says, put on Christ, right? Put the yes. Lord on. Let him become the the covering of, of your life. And and all of this, again, is, is part of the walk. It's spiritual process. And we have to take it with the intention of using it that you may be able to stand. That's what he says, that you'll be able to stand. And that word again to be able is is not only to 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 be aggressively going forward, but also to to withstand. He says, in the evil day, and that means to oppose, to uphold, and to sustain authority over a thing. So he's saying, you take this armor with the intention of using it, and understand this that it is because you you have actively reached the point in your life where you are being overtaken and transformed by the renewing of your mind to the point now that you are in direct opposition to satanic forces and darkness upon the face of the earth and and you are to go in the name of the Lord and uphold and sustain the authority over everything that Jesus Christ has won. That's what it literally right. means. So stand, therefore, right? And then he begins right. in verse 14 to give us the systematic way in which we put the armor on. And, and that's what we'll talk about tomorrow. We'll pick it up here. Unless the Lord changes and we go right into these other things, but it, we have time. <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> this, this is this is too important right this is too important to just rush into because now we've come to the point where he's going to talk to you about you know having your loins girt about with truth having your uh the breastplate of righteousness on having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace taking the shield of faith you know uh quenching all the fiery darts of the wicked having on the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and and then praying always Another part of the armor that no one ever mentions, right? Praying always, uh, with uh, so forth and so on, and and we'll get into that because Paul didn't just willy nilly 
kind of think about the different pieces of the armor, there's a reason that he gives the uh, the step by step process and the reason that he starts where he starts and finishes where he finishes. Because remember what he started with when we first started uh, talking about the armor, he said, you have to wear it so that you will uh, be able to stand against the methods of the devil, the methodical attacks of the enemy. And so it's with that in mind, we will, Lord willing, if it's where the Lord leads us, and I think it will be, uh, where we will begin to explore at length and in depth why he begins with the loins and then the breastplate, then the feet, so forth and so on. Because each and every single one is exactly where the enemy will begin to first, second, third, fourth, and fifth attack our lives. And this is why Paul begins with the component pieces in the order that he reveals them. And that is what we'll begin to explore tomorrow as we continue to look into the whole armor of God. And remember, the armor is because of what we've been teaching. It should mean more now. And if you haven't heard, or this might be the first podcast you've listened to, go back and listen to the last several, and you'll understand why, why the Lord has given us this armor. Because once you got saved, once I got saved, once we got born again, we became that 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 brilliant flickering light. Even if it was just a, a little candlelight in the midst of a dark cave, it drew incredible attention to our life right away. And it and what we do from that point on, and even from this day going forward, will determine uh, what we do as far as uh, becoming an effective tool in the hands of the Lord in these last days. Would you close this out, brothers? Man, praise God. Yeah, in Ephesians 3, 9, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, said, and to make all, this was his prayer. This is our prayer for you, the listener, to make you see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. To the intent, this was always his intent, that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose. This is God's eternal purpose. This is his will, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. So this is what the apostle is saying. This was his prayer for the church of Ephesus. This is our prayer for you, the listener. This is the mystery of God that we are intending to dispense or reveal as the Lord has given it to us and to his people. This is what the apostle Paul was, was telling us, that that we are in a, an ongoing war right now, and we need to equip ourselves. We need to, need to put on the armor of God. If there was ever a generation and needed to put on the armor of God. It's this generation. Because yeah, what yeah. we are being faced with and what is coming is of the likes like we've never seen before. We are yeah. seeing an onslaught of the powers of darkness, but we are not to give up one inch. Amen. We are not to give up one inch. Not our homes, not our families, Praise not God. the church. We are not to give up one inch. As a matter of fact, we are yes. we are taking ground. Yeah, that's right. We're taking Amen. what the enemy took yes. from us. 
Amen. That's yeah, good. I, I, I yeah. want I want that's that's our prayer for the listener today that this mystery that's been that was hidden in God, the unfolding story that 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 is 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 taking place in our time that started before the foundation of the world, before God even created me and you, is now being revealed to us. And we can have yeah. fellowship with this mystery and have understanding so that we can war a good warfare and finish. Praise. Amen. Yes. Praise God. Amen. That's great. Greatly put there, brother. You know, uh, the Bible teaches us to put on the armor of God. As far as I know, what it doesn't teach is to take it off. <laughs> we got to put it on right. and leave it on until the coming of the Lord or the Lord takes us. We cannot give the devil one inch, one opening. So Amen. that's what the Bible teaches. Put it on, but don't take it off. <laughs> we pray. <laughs> we pray that you've been blessed, all our listeners. We pray that um, as the as this unveiling of, of 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 God's mystery that He intended us for us for our generation to know, that your eyes will continue as ours to continue to be open to the mystery, to the plan of God from the beginning. So may God bless you. May God keep you. We look forward to being with you tomorrow, Lord willing, on Friday, and continue to spread the news, share these podcasts with whoever you can, and keep looking up.